Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. The first guest on the show is Brendan O'Dowd. Brendan has worked in the data world for decades and has invaluable experience in product management, leadership and data. Even though Brendan is a native Irishman, he has spent the bulk of his career in the US leading teams primarily in data and has unique and crucial insights into management and leadership. He has an MBA, a degree in economics, has done extensive training in management along with decades of practical experience leading many different teams. Since Brendan's move to Ireland, where he now leads a young and innovative team, he managed to drastically reduce attrition, build skills, introduce business processes and knowledge management within the team, and achieve the highest ranking employee satisfaction metric that the division has ever seen. This is all thanks to his unique way of management and principles he has used. In this episode, we discuss Brennan's view on leading teams in the US versus Ireland, his process to making difficult decisions, what it's like to be a manager, what advice he would give to a college student, and along with many other things. Let's get right into the episode. Brennan, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so I guess the first question I have for you is, uh, what's your background? How did you get involved with what the work you do and so on? Great. Well, good morning, Dom. Thanks for, for having me here. Appreciate it very much. Um, what's my background? I guess I've got a pretty uh, varied and checkered background. Um, I've worked predominantly in the, the data world for, for many, many years. And for mm. most people, many years, it means a couple of decades. So that's what's been a couple of decades. Uh, the majority of my career actually was in the, the air transport industry, working for organizations that are owned by the airlines, um, in both in the UK and in the US. And uh, I just moved back to Ireland uh, a little over a year ago. So um, actually, I've actually never really worked in Ireland before, um, despite having a, a, a long, long career elsewhere. So most of your career was actually based in the US then? Yes. Oh, okay. And uh, like you were obviously a manager in the US. Um, what's kind of the biggest difference between leading teams in the US uh, compared to Ireland? It's, a, it's very different. Um, actually, I, I thought about this recently because somebody asked me the same question. Yeah. And um, the um, there is something fundamentally different in the United States. Um, and it's around employment law. Mm. And it's called employment at will, which means there's no such thing as, as a, a secure job. Um, your job can be terminated at any point, And a person can be terminated at any point um, with no cause. And it's just, thank you very much. We don't need you anymore. Bye-bye. Um, that doesn't matter to most people in their 20s and, and early 30s. Um, in your 40s, it starts to matter because you've got a mortgage and you've got a family. Yeah. And you start to wonder, now that I'll be really conscious of of not getting fired. Mm. Um, you see a lot of people in their 60s panicking. So all they want to do is retire. And they're hoping to make it to retirement before um, but before the safety net is is uh, is pulled on them. And that matters because there is no safety net in the U.S. either. Um, so there is that edge of... Um, I won't say panic, but concern, and that that makes people very wound up and 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 very focused on trying to please constantly. That doesn't make people very effective, and they're so worried, panicking, and being concerned. Actually, it it, it takes away from their effectiveness, um, and put with that then the the average two weeks vacation per year that most Americans get. Um, it, it's not a great environment for work life balance. So it's only two weeks. Yeah. Uh, in, okay. in, in standard, um, so that, that's a, a few things that that make it a, a little bit different. Now, <clears throat> that describes the work environment, but not, not how managing teams is different. Um, people are people, 
no matter where, where they are. So it's actually the more I travel, and I've, I've traveled internationally and I've worked in, in several countries and had, had contracts and, and projects in, in, in South America and, and Asia and, and Europe. So it's been an interesting endeavor. In fact, I was on a part of a, a multinational team where my boss was in, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. My boss mm. was in, in Paris. Our head office was in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, my team members were in, in, in London and, and Canada and, and Brazil. And um, you just make it work. Um, so, so it's 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 very very interesting. But as far as um, the difference between teams in managing teams in the U.S. versus Ireland, um, people in Ireland do tend to have a little bit more fun. And that's I don't mean that that's, it's lighthearted. It means the the panic isn't there, and mm. so there's actually a focus on, on work and enjoying each other, enjoying each other's company. And the freedom is there to be able to have, if you want to call it crack, you can call it crack. Um, but freedom is there to do that. But there's certainly the same kind of focus on output. Um, I just think that in Ireland, maybe people are a bit happier delivering that output versus in the US where they, there's that, that crack is replaced with panic. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. And uh, what kind of made you choose the career that you're in now? Like, did you always want to be a manager in school or like leading people in general? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so what kind of made you choose um, the career that you um, I, I don't know if I did. Um, <laughs> it just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because it's sort of where, where you end up. Um, I remember once a, uh, a, a manager I had was in, in the U.S. was a great guy. He, was a, he had a Ph.D. and he came to me one day and said, Brendan, um, you know, he, said, he said, I really respect what you do. He said, you're a natural leader. And I took that as an insult. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, he said you really care about people. I'm like, no, I don't care about people. I don't, even, I don't even like people. And he said, that's not true. He said, everything you do is centered around other people doing better and other people being happier and other people doing a better job. And people actually work better when you're around because you're, you, and you enable that. Yeah. And so it took me a long time to accept, oh, I think he's kind of, now I kind of get it. Um, actually, it took me about 10 years to understand what that really meant. Mm. And um, so actually now I see that trait in other people. And I do encourage it uh, when I see it because it's... Uh, it's it's it does involve emotional intelligence and having a lot of empathy for other people and just being able to understand the emotion in the room and and the the driver that people have. Um, so that's the that, that's very important. Yeah, and I actually have another question for you. Um, just just because you mentioned emotional intelligence. Yeah. And um, like, what do you think is the importance of emotional intelligence in, in this kind of you know era? Like in hard skill jobs, like programming or whatever. Like, do you think it's important? Or? It, it, it's vital. And actually, I'll share with you. I was uh, I was at the the launch of a, a new program for artificial intelligence, uh, two masters program. It's been launched at the University of Ireland in Galway mm. uh, just a couple weeks ago, and the Minister of Education spoke, and twenty five other people spoke too after her. But uh, you all had the same message that artificial intelligence, data science, machine learning, all of these these. Um, tech skills that we're training up and that are becoming more mainstream now. Um, and in fact, so a couple of points. One is people entering school today for the first time as five years, as a five-year-old. Um, the job they're going to do when they graduate from college doesn't exist yet. Mm. Um, so 65% of the population... Um, That's crazy. So their, their, their job doesn't exist yet. It's going to be brand new. What we're doing very, very different. The key thing um, outside of technology um, that everybody comes back to is the need for... The human touch and the the human decision making, um, which has empathy. A machine um, algorithm will will look at, for example, if you're looking at a self drive car, 
um, and the, the algorithm sees the shape of a human being in front of them and the shape of a, of a, a baby pram in front of them. Mm. Well, they may decide, you know, don't hit the person, hit the pram, because pram is a structure that can, that can be, that can, that's protecting whoever's in there. So they'll choose to hit that. That's a, a process of elimination. Um, whereas human instinct will say, no, 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 no protect the baby. And, and that's just one example. But also when it comes to um, uh, managing bereavement, human interaction, um, the doctor's bedside manner, you, you can't have a computer saying, you know, you're terminally ill, you're going, you're going to die in three weeks' time, but they're there, you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because when you won't believe it, and, and to it, it lacks... Um, it, it lacks authenticity. So certainly, the the soft skills and the, those the emotional intelligence and the the human interaction are very very important skills to develop. And in school, they're going to be teaching you, you know, how to how to do algorithms. And if you're in a yeah, STEM yeah, program, yeah. you're doing science, technology, engineering, or math. You're you're focused on on passing a test. Um, mm. There's very much less emphasis on the soft skills, which are really important to develop as well. So I think it's actually the onus is on the individual to be aware of that and to start thinking about what they need on their own journey because it is a journey. You don't come out fully baked and ready to do all these things, but they are skills you can learn and develop along the way. And like I said, they are skills. Soft skills are skills. But how how would like a young person go about um, developing these skills? Like, what would you kind of recommend? <laughs> Good point. Um, well, as you may know, one of the, the the books I carry in my back pocket is a book called Strength Finders. Oh, okay. Tell and, us more about it. Yeah, and it's a, it's a book I share with uh, all my team members um, mm. when they come on board. Um, it's, people are often surprised, like, what is this? Like, <laughs> um, actually, it, it is. It categorizes the the thirty five top strengths that that are that typically um, human beings have. And the premise of the of the book is to have people working through their strengths, identifying mm-hmm. where your strengths are. Um, so very often we have a, we have it upside down, and um, you know people you get, you get feedback in reviews that'll say you need to work on this and this and this, and, and those three things that you're not good at become your the epicenter of what you do, and you're very concerned about those things. Um, however, the the um, that's not necessarily the best use of your time. And mm. um, if there are five things that you're really really good at. Work on those things. Like focus and work to your strengths and do things that you're great at. That's the, the important uh, the important message there. Mm. Um, what Strength Finders does, um, actually there's an assessment in an online assessment as part of that that, that book and you get a report and print out. Um, what is it helps people to discover what they're naturally good at um, and also to develop their greatest talents. Um, but also more importantly, and this is very important when it comes to the soft skills side, um, it gives you a way to explain who you are to others. So give you some sound bites and some 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 talking points in good common business language, which says this is the type of thing that I do, and people will hear that and understand who you are and how to work with you, and it's also uh, proven ways to improve your performance. So it actually, for for a quick hit, um, that one book is a, a really valuable way to get started on the on the path of of discovering who you are, how you work, and and what your difference is. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think like self awareness and just discovering like what you're actually good at is super important. Yep. Because like if you're playing with your weaknesses, you're never going to be as good as a person who's actually very good at, you know, naturally good at the thing yep. you do. Like for yourself, you're naturally good at leading people, which I think, you know, the Strength Finder book is very useful for that. And the other question I have for you is, um, what is the definition of a good manager, in your opinion? That's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to meet one, I'll tell you. Um, actually, I've been lucky. I've had some really good, good managers. Mm. Um, I've had some bad managers. So I know I know what good is to me and what, what 
what that is to me. And it's probably um, different things to different people. Um, fundamentally, the the key skill, or the key thing I want from a manager is somebody that has my back. So I know I'm supported. And if I make a mistake, that the mistake is supported and seen as a learning process. Mm. Um, because we're, we're going to make lots of mistakes. Um, I am where I am now in my career, and I'm going to make many, many more mistakes. And I hope when I do that my, my manager will say, okay, you're, at least you're trying. Um, it's like when you're learning to ski. Um, people say, how many times you've fallen down? Because uh, the more you fall down, the, the, the better you're getting. Uh, if you're not falling down, you're not trying. Uh, no, absolutely. So, yeah. so, so you have, you have, we have to change our, our, our dialogue around what, what failure is and see that as a stepping stone in, in learning. Um, you just can't keep failing, even though we're always learning. Um, so at some point, you will stand up and, and, and be competent in, in that, that skill set. Um, so certainly a manager that has your back is very, very important. <clears throat> Somebody who actually takes time to talk and think about who you are and, and where you're going, what your goals are, and support your goals. Um, I think the onus is on us as individuals to manage our own careers. And you know, 100 years ago, you came out of college, got a job, and you were set for life. Um, whether, you, whether you joined a bank or you joined um, an insurance company or wherever you went, or an engineering firm or wherever you went, um, that set you up for life. That's not that's not the case anymore. Um, we now manage our own careers, and um, so with that in mind, if you are self aware, if you you know what your emotional development journey is like, what you what your your skill set development um, journey is like, and if you have a manager who will support you and give you opportunities to demonstrate those things and to practice, um, that's key. So that's what you look for. Um, conversely, for me, what a, if you want to ask me what a bad manager is, <laughs> next, uh, yeah, what's I, the I, definition I, of bad manager? <laughs> um, I'm sure I've been one myself sometimes too, because we, we all live and learn. Um, for and for me, micromanagement is a is a is mm. a a death now. Um, I, I have to run if, if that's the environment that I'm in, um, because I, I I need to have freedom to to explore or develop stand up by myself and be supported in doing that hmm. and if somebody is, is providing step-by-step oversight uh, then I've got a problem with that that's not to say that, that you know when we're in the learning environment and I'm learning a new skill new task myself um, then I will need some guidance and that's very different than micromanagement hmm. okay and you've obviously worked as a manager people leader uh, for a long time now uh, what's kind of the biggest thing they like about it like what you enjoy the most about your job? Well, I enjoy most of my job. Um, that's very easy. Um, <laughs> seriously, for me, it's the people. Um, people. Yeah. And I, it took me a long time to come to that because um, it is the work that we do. Um, the work has to be meaningful. And um, there's a difference between when you're starting out your career, um, you, the type of work you're doing isn't really as important as the experience that you're gaining. Um, so it doesn't matter whether you're working in whatever environment you're working in, as long as you're getting experience that's building your skill set and, and leading you towards something and fulfilling your, your, your path and checking off boxes, that's that's fine. Um, but when you've checked off lots of those boxes, um, very soon into your 30s and definitely into your 40s, and I know this seems a long time, a long time away for most people, <laughs> but the reality is you're going to be in your 30s, you're going to be in your 40s, and one day you're going to be 60. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you're going to retire. And when you do retire, you look back and think, what kind of life and career did I have? How many careers did I have? Um, I think the average person will probably have five or six different types of careers in their lifetime with, in very, very different things. Um, but uh, I'm using my frame of software to start with. I start with that one. Um, yeah. 
yeah, that, thanks for that. And actually, there's obviously parts of your job that you don't necessarily enjoy. So, like, uh, what are the parts that you don't enjoy about your job? Um, so, people. <laughs> <laughs> people, yeah. No, managing people is hard um, hmm. because you, you have to do the right thing for everybody. And it's easy to manage um, enthusiastic, upbeat, positive, um, sharp people who mm-hmm. want to get things done. They're easy people to work with. Um, but that's only 10% of the population. They're 90% have to be managed as well. And you've got to manage them equally, fairly, and, and give them opportunities and find opportunities. And, and, it's, and that can be, you know, if you're of a mindset where you're, you're racing ahead, you want to get things done. And I'm of a mindset where I want to get things done. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's uh, if if people aren't moving at the same pace, it, I have to step back and, and take a deep breath and count the hand and go, okay, and this isn't about me, this is about about them. Um, so there's an aspect of of management which isn't talked about very often here in Ireland, but it is in the US. Um, but I think it, it may may start to creep in, and it's the concept of um, of of servant servant leadership. Okay, what's that? About? So it's when when your your job as a manager or as a leader, it, it's not to uh, check boxes and 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 crack a whip. Your job is to actually serve that person that you're you're managing. Hmm. And so you have to step back and say, what's that person need? You know, where are they on, on their journey? Um, do they need training? Do they need, do they need development? Do they need opportunities? Do they need to be paired with somebody? Where's their skill set? Um, do they have? Is are their skills high enough? Are there, is their will high enough? Are they engaged? Are they in the, are they in the right job? Um, so and stepping back and looking at it holistically and and looking at it from from the perspective of the other person. And that's where emotional intelligence comes into play as well. So it's um, you know you have to have a lot of empathy to be able to do that. Um, but but that can be that can be the hard part of, of managing because it's it's a lot of work. Um, again, it's easy to to work with the with the whiz kids. Yeah. Um, it's not so easy to to have to of course do yeah. put up on the same level of energy and, and opportunity for for everybody else as well. But mm. but you have to do what you have to do because uh, if you believe your role as a manager or a leader is to take care of everybody. Um, and that's that's your job. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, as part of your job, you obviously have to make difficult decisions. Um, so, what's kind of your decision process? Like, how do you make decisions in your head when you're trying to make a difficult decision? It's funny. Um, I've got two ways of making decisions, and one is a, a split a split decision, okay. where I almost don't think about it. But it's only because uh, over the years I've developed a, a, a logical binary process for you know yes no yes no yes no. And I, 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 I kind of, the moment the question is asked, I can, I can see the answer at the end of it. Mm. So I can go that path, and it's very easy. Or I can take weeks and, 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 and get bent on the axle and upset and, and ponder and consider it, and end up in the same place anyhow. Um, so, so ultimately, um, I, I, tend, I tend to end up in the same place, whether it's a, a snap decision or a, a long, drawn, drawn out process. Um, but there, there are some things that, that are fundamental um, that, you know, I don't have to, I give enough insight into decision making process when I, when I answer that way. But um, the, the, you know, we have to look at you know we work, we work for an organization. Um, what's the organization need? Hmm. The need of the organization does come first. Um, need of the person um, also comes first. Kind of comes behind the need of the organization because we're we're here to work. Um, it's it's not a social club, but the 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 personal factor comes in second. And so, what does the person need? And then um, somewhere down the line, it's what do I need <laughs> out of this? Um, really, it's it's evaluating the business outcome and the and the person involved in that. 
and and, and considering what the impact of a decision will have on that person. Um, so you, you can see very often people make decisions that can that can upset other people, and so. so Obviously, the, you don't want that. Yeah. No, well, and the common response is, "Well, it's just business. Get on with it. Yeah, we have to make a business decision." Um, but but reality is that person has feelings, and the, and that person is if they're upset, they're upset for a reason. They're upset because they care. And even in any in any collaboration environment, if somebody's upset about something, it's because they really care about what they're, what they're working on. Mm. So once you understand where they're coming from and that they're really, they're passionate about it because they care about it and it means something to them, once you get behind that, you can say, okay, now we can start to work on 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 what it is we want to change. And so put there, yourself yeah. in the other person's shoes, Abs- kind of absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So it's uh, and and that's that's truly you know, that's probably one of the one of the keys to early success. So for anybody listening to this who gets this far in the in the pod um, <laughs> podcast, do 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 realize that that the one biggest distinction um, is not what you get done, but how you get it done. And did you do things collaboratively? Do people still like you after you do that thing? Because um, that's really really important. And that's the difference between those who'll be successful long term um, versus those who who will just rotate into the next thing they're doing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And in order to succeed as a manager or people leader in general, what is a single skill they think is the most important? There isn't a single skill. Um, there, there really isn't. It's a whole toolbox. Combination, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's just not a, a single skill. Um, but you have to start building the toolbox early. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the the the, um, the books I'd recommend for people to start to read early on in their career and just start thinking about where they want to go and how to start building things to have an awareness around it is the the seven habits of highly highly well, like I say to be easy of highly effective people, <laughs> of highly effective people. Yeah. yes yep you, you've obviously read it <laughs> um, but that's actually a really smart book because it tells you you know very basic concepts like work work uh, you know work smarter not harder um, mm. you know, and you're putting the same effort but actually you're, you're creating more because you're you're working harder, and I think the, the synopsis is sharpen the saw, don't work yourself to death. Um, I mean, just make, make sure you got the right tools, and you're doing an effective job, rather than than plowing away over and over trying to get the same outcome. Um, that that's really really important, um, and also just to be to be constant, constantly aware you're always learning, and to be proactive about that. And so, no matter where you are in your career, um, most people in their they're coming out of college, you're in your twenties, so you, you're you're your mind is a sponge. You're going to learn a new craft, new trade, new tricks. How to, how to, how the office works, how the business works. Um, what you may lose sight of is you're going to have to do that again and again and again throughout your career for the next mm. for the next forty years. Yeah, thank you. And if you had one superpower, what would that superpower be? If I had a superpower, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, with my invisibility cloak. Um, <laughs> um, that's interesting. That's very interesting. <laughs> it's a superpower. Um, it may be invisibility. It may be laser eyes. Whatever you think is cool. Flying, maybe. If I had one superpower, mm. and it's a superpower that's actually attainable and learnable, um, if that's a word, um, it would be to understand what people are really saying when they're saying it. Okay. Um, because because when people say something, the words they say are only ten percent of the message. Um, how they say it, their inclination, their emotional state, their body language—all of the cues are, are really just clues to what they really mean. 
and um, it, depending on the relationship you're you're in, whether you're talking to a manager or a senior leader or somebody who has very little time to to communicate with you, so you get you may just get some some bites of information. Boom, boom, boom. Like, what does that mean? Right. So, so how do I interpret that? Um, so you have to you you have to use all of your superhuman strengths and powers of, powers of, <laughs> your powers of deduction to, to reinterpret what the thing meant because it wasn't just the words. It was a whole lot more than that, and that's that, that that sort of leads into the emotional intelligence and and the intellectual capability, um, where you, and, and your knowledge of the organization and and how people really are, and but understanding. First and foremost, how people really are and what they're really saying when mm. they're, and what they're not saying. Yeah. No, yeah, that's super important. Yeah. I'm, yeah. That's an interesting uh, answer. <laughs> I was expecting Inter- like flying it, it, or it, whatever. <laughs> interesting question, flying. <laughs> <laughs> and you obviously, like, you obviously seem to read a lot of books and so on. So is there any like seminars or workshops or books even that you would recommend to young people? Um, so there's going to be different things you do in your career and you'll need different things at different stages. Yeah. Um, so I say definitely start out with um, with being aware and you know, read a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. Um, do buy yourself a copy of Strength Finders. It's seventeen euros at Easton's. It's it's cheap enough. Mm. Um, everything's available online these days. Um, and, and there is one more book that I would recommend that's really really powerful, and it's called the, the First Ninety Days. And that's actually a book that, uh, that that describes what your first three months in your role is going to be like. So most usually when you join an organization, you've got uh, you're on probation for for six months. Um, mm. it's, it's really important to learn, acclimate, and actually deliver something and show show some value in the first ninety days. It's it's harder to do when you're straight out of college because you you really haven't haven't worked in that environment before. We've probably done an internship, but no matter what you do, it's important to um, know that the clock is ticking and that you've got to show value to the organization within 90 days. So if you, if you read that book, you'll actually see what you have a roadmap of your own. So okay, here's what I need to do. This will help me. And that helps you to be proactive as a new employee and, and show value early on. And yeah. that, that sort of thing will help to demonstrate and distinguish you between um, other people who are just starting and, and waiting to see what happens versus a, a go-getter that, that wants to progress and keep moving. Hmm. And what are you currently most excited about? I'm most excited about, well, we've got a new opportunity um, in, in my current role um, to, we're integrating into a, a new part of the, of the organization. Hmm, okay. And I'm very excited about that because it gets us closer to the strategy for, for the division and it, it makes our, our work even more meaningful. I mentioned earlier that, uh, would, you know, it's very important at some point uh, in your career, you start to realize that the work you do is really important and it has to matter. It's not just work. For the sake of it's not not work to serve to serve as a purpose of development skill set. It's work that needs to matter to the organization. And in this case, we we're getting closer to to the strategy and what the organization needs and the the, the things that we're going to be supporting decisions that really um, change the magnitude of business. So that's kind of exciting to be able to to step into that role and and have a, a greater impact and, and bring more value in that space. Hmm. Okay. And I have another question for you. Um, what is a failure or failures that has set you up for success? What is a failure that set me up for success? Yeah, because um, I feel like we all fail at something, but like um, it kind of leads you to success afterwards. Yeah, well, wow, you got some good questions. Um, okay, there's um, there's a real life experience I can talk about a little bit. Um, I, I probably my my, lit, my midlife crisis job when I was working as a as director of of um, data analytics 
uh, for a company in the US and I spent 20 years working for the same company mm. and I had reached as far as I could as a senior executive in the organization there was nowhere else to go um, I didn't know whether I was whether I was good or lucky um, and I wanted to test myself so I changed industries changed cities that I was living in, and went back to school and did a master's all at the same time actually all on the same day um, <laughs> just, just to throw myself into the deep end and um, I, I fumbled for the first few months um, even though I had my book the first 90 days I was going to deliver and, mm. and I, it, it didn't feel authentic um, because what I, what I forgot um, which is kind of interesting is that I wasn't an expert anymore I'd spent 20 years in an organization where I was the go-to person where I knew everything I got everything done um, I could take any program and make it work mm. I had large teams that were working for me it was, it was a smooth well-oiled machine and suddenly I was working in an environment where I knew nothing um, and, and that was a, a shock to the system um, so I think I initially failed at that but then the what came out of it was the realization that I'm starting from scratch I have to go back to I have, I have to pretend I'm 22 years old now and go back and pretend I'm starting off you know on, on, on um, learning from, from from ground zero um, this industry was the, the telecommunications industry and actually went down I got I got two books um, networking for dummies in mm-hmm. the, um, and also um, telecommunications for dummies just so I could actually start learning the lingo yeah and <laughs> so when I was having conversations with people I wouldn't sound as dumb and naive and, and <laughs> I wouldn't annoy them as much because at least I was using the right terminology I, I, I knew what a router was and what a switch was at that point um, so I could actually start you know I didn't have a technical background from that perspective yeah. um, at least I was able to 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 skill up from that point but 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 a you know that early failure made me realize i had to start from scratch and and it was a good lesson because it, it taught me that um every time you change jobs you're you're starting you're starting from ground zero and you've got to make that time for ramping up your your, your knowledge of the industry knowledge of the business you can't assume that because you're a leader in one space you're going to be leader in another space you're not you're a leader in one space and suddenly you're a student in a new space mm. um and you've got to be you've got to be dynamic enough and have an ego that that's flexible enough to allow you to say, okay, right now I'm I know nothing and I'm gonna I'm gonna change that. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> Thank you. And if you were to give advice to a twenty year old uh, college student who's about to graduate, who's very driven, ambitious, and not really sure what he wants to do, what kind of advice would you give? Okay, she's just described every college student. <laughs> <laughs> um. <coughs> um. It, it's interesting there's a, I used to have a a, a mantra um, that I when I so I'll share an old story which first of all I, I graduated from college in my undergrad um, when I was much older as a mature student mm. um, I didn't go to college in Ireland I didn't go earlier in my career and it didn't prevent me from moving forward in my career I actually had a really good career I kept on getting promoted despite it but it did hold me back and it became my Achilles heel because I, I felt like I couldn't leave the organisation I worked, I worked in because only they knew how how good I was, and and my CV, well degree didn't show, didn't show any any uh, any any capabilities that uh, that most recruiters are looking for. Mm-hmm. Even though I had titles, experience, and it just doesn't matter. No, no degree, you're not getting a job yeah. in, in, in certain certainly in technology. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so when I did go go back to college after stumbling for for years, taking classes, you know, while I was working two jobs at the time. At one point, I had three jobs in the U.S. because that the American dream is uh, work hard, not uh, not work smart, but work work really, really hard, and then pay your bills. 
Um, I did work really hard and I, I took classes in it. But when you're starting off trying to do that way, school comes last. And it, it just did for a long, long time. Until I finally decided when I was at the busiest in my career, that I'm going to get my head around this and I'm just going to do it. And I carved a time and I did. And I, I, I went, back to, went back to university um, in, in Washington, D.C. At, at night. And I ended up actually graduating first, first in class. And I was a student, wow. of the, student of the year, even though wow. even though I was married, had kids, I was raising a family, cooking dinners as well as well, as well yeah. as um, getting all this stuff done and leading teams of of twenty twenty five people. Um, it was just it was at a point when when I decided to make it a priority and get it done. Um, so the mantra that came out of that, um, I came across a, a quote of Henry Ford, who was the the uh, the the person who created the conveyor belt um, cars. So the first cars that were off the belt were Henry Ford's cars. And his mantra was, um, if there's a thing you think you can do or a thing you think you think you cannot do, you're right. And that sounds very simple. What's actually, if you think about it, it's about self-empowerment. And if you give yourself permission to do something, hmm. you just get it done. Um, so my advice would be, you know, think about what you want to do. And the only person in the way of you getting that thing is yourself. Yourself. Yeah. It's not what society says. It's not what um, your college professors might say. It's it's not the grades you got in, in 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 coming out of college. It's not the particular course you're in. It's something that you want to do. Set about doing it. Make a plan and mm. go for it and, and be relentless. Yeah. Okay. And and by the way, <laughs> um, having any plan is better than no plan. The the worst thing is not having a plan. And I know it can be very confusing time. Coming out of college, you think, what am I going to do? I just want a job. I have to pay rent. I have to support myself. I'm going to start my career. Um, start something. Um, even, even draw a tentative plan and say, it's okay to change paths. You're going to have six or seven careers in your lifetime. So don't think you're stuck with one thing. But but there's nothing worse than, than following somebody else's plan. Because if, if, if you're not planning and following a path, then you're just on somebody else's journey. And somebody else has all the power and not, not you. So you need to be self-empowered. And, and and you can make decisions you can get so far down the path and then change directions that's fine hmm. um, but go on some path I was just going to say because like it's very difficult to know what you want to do and like you know maybe you want to like you do this project this project and this project and you don't yeah. necessarily want know what, what you want to do yep. so like you said it's, you're probably best just pick one and yep. then just do it and then yep. you can always you know move to another career because like you said you have five six careers yep. throughout your lifetime yep. so yep and and also bear in mind that um most managers are people looking at how you work yeah um they don't know who you are mm. um you haven't got a full career of experiences and success to point to mm. you can't say i built this side to that um you can talk about college projects yes but so so building something anything mm. and point to and saying this is my success you want to build up those 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 uh those success stories Actually, that I can't remember this guy's name, but there's a, a <laughs> an Australian motivational speaker, um, and he, he was speaking one time on a podcast, and he said, you know, um, you should really be micro-ambitious. You know, forget about trying to go to the moon, or you know, you want to be CEO of an organization, or you, you want to be whatever, whatever kind of thing. He said, yeah. be micro-ambitious. Uh, you know, gain one small thing incrementally, and then gain one more thing after that, and, and keep building upon it. Mm. He says, that's success. So a positive, a positive small step in the right direction done a thousand times will get you much, much farther than shooting for the moon and not, and not making it all. No, absolutely. And it also does momentum. Yeah, like, absolutely. As you can imagine, like, the more momentum you have, the, you know, the closer you're going to go to your goals and 
the better you feel about yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned momentum because uh, now I'm going to have to give you my, my other quote. <laughs> we love uh, quotes. <laughs> yeah. nah, well, some are really, really good. Um, so this one I think actually came from, of all people, um, I think it came from multiple people, but it became famous because Margaret Thatcher um, said it. Mm. And not that I'm a fan of Margaret Thatcher at all, but um, certainly her, um, one has to respect the fact that she was a, the first female leader of a party and a country that where women didn't exist before. So I'll, I'll stop and, and pay attention to how she did that. Um, but the, the quote she's, she is credited with is, is, is this, and it's, what's your thoughts? They become words. Watch your words. They become deeds. Watch your deeds. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become character. And character is everything. And so with that, I would say that the, the, what's really important is to decide to have a positive outlook and mentality. And those thoughts that you're thinking, they do matter. Because it does ultimately define who you become. And what your character, what your character turns into. Um, so focus on positive aspects and, and find things that are that are that are good and, and try to see the the good aspect of things, because yes, there's a lot of crap out there. There's a lot of reasons to say yeah, I give up. It's all it's all a, it's all a mess. But you know, it's not all a mess. There's, there's some good stuff out there too. And if you look for that stuff and focus on that, that will really help you to keep moving forward in a very positive way. Important. No, yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, uh, do you have any unusual habits? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> <coughs> Dom with the questions. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dom with the questions. Um, I guess one would be um, stress relief. Um, for me, it's, it's actually baking bread. Baking bread. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I when I was eight years old, my grandmother taught me how to how to make Irish soda bread, and um, it was a very unusual habit to have in the US because making Irish soda bread in the US wasn't very, you know. What's that? What's, what's, what's homemade bread? Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's stress relief because I get to pound the dough. Um, and so so by the time the bread is baked, and, you know, all, the, all the stress is gone. I've, I've worked it all out of my, my system. It's it, it's good. Um, so it's funny, just a couple weeks ago, I, I made bread and scones and something else. My wife walked into the kitchen and said, oh, dear God, what's going on? <laughs> Are you having a bad day? <laughs> like not, not anymore. I'm good. I'm good now. I'm baking bread. Yeah, I'm, I'm baking bread. I made scones. <laughs> the, the problem is then I eat them. Um, and, and that's a different problem. <laughs> uh, knowing everything that you know now, what kind of advice would you give to uh, your 20-year-old self? My 20-year-old self? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Okay. Um, God, if that were any possible, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> um, to have 20-20 vision and to go back and say, hey, get, get it together and stop panicking. Um, I guess I, I was a 20-year-old that was full of angst and, and misdirection and not knowing which way to go and what path to be on and just total bewilderment mm. and I, I was that age in a time when there weren't many opportunities there, there weren't the same number of uh, options um, when, I left, when I left school uh, in, in Dublin 100 mm. years ago um, one person that I'm 97 went to college in my, in my graduating year um, that was that was the environment at the time it was, it was very very tough um, so the options are how, how I live what what, what kind of job will I have? Um, yeah. How do I get from from step one to step two? What is step two? Um, I think my, my advice to myself, would, going back now, would, would be um, find a way to, one, get out. Uh, <laughs> but but two, um, 
get to school, get to school soon, and and do a, a STEM subject like study science, technology, engineering, math. Um, take one of those as as an undergrad, and mm. because it really, as I, in in the various careers that I've had, um, the people who have been very successful and most adaptable tend to have had a a solid foundation in in math, technology, um, engineering, or, or science. Mm. It doesn't matter what subject it is. Um, they just, they just become very, very adaptable, and they can move from from different um, disciplines. Um, it wouldn't be unusual to see an engineer um, or, or a person with a math background moving into finance and becoming a CFO of an organization, or to becoming a, a CIO leader of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, if you are a finance undergrad, for example, um, not putting down finance grads, <laughs> everybody has has their, has their own role. Um, you're you're sort of um, on that track. For finance, accounting, or or um, the, the business track of, of operations, whereas the, the STEM um, subjects tend to give um, students the a, a baseline understanding of, of of math and working out difficult problems, mm-hmm. and those skills then create lateral thinking processes. Where later on in your career, what are your managing people? You could be managing HR. It doesn't matter where you are, but you've still had a, a core underlying. Um, training and 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 mindset that that has figured out really difficult things to um, to figure out. So it kind of gives you the good um, ability to problem solve, like absolutely. problem solve. Absolutely, mm. absolutely, and that's key. Mm. No, I, so my I advice, agree. my advice to myself would be, um, you know, be an engineer. Everybody wants to be an engineer. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And in the last five years, um, what is the habit that has helped you the most? Um, so self-awareness self-awareness uh, absolutely I love that answer okay um, I'm very self-aware I, I don't need to be told if I do something wrong I don't need to be told I already know um, don't bother telling me off I'm already beating myself up <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what, 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 in fact if, um, if going back to one of your other questions what makes a good boss a good boss would be somebody who recognises okay if Brendan if Brendan's messed up on something he already knows he's already beat himself up Mm. I need to beat him up. I need to actually move. I need to move him along, and say, "Okay, what have you learned from this?" And then now, what you can do differently? Now go do that thing. That's what a good manager would be to me. That's probably better answer to that original question. <laughs> um, um, so self awareness, um, tenacity, and curiosity, and we we forget to be curious sometimes. It's, sometimes I forget to be about being curious how things work. Um, your mind is a sponge. You can take it all in. Um, problem is there's so much stuff to keep, keep remembering, um, but but yeah, curiosity, tenacity, self awareness. That's interesting because I'm like Leonardo da Vinci. Like he was always very curious, and I think that's what kind of led him to success. Like right. Einstein, all these people, they're yep. all very curious. Like they're always like figuring things. Oh, why is this? Why is this object moving the way it moves? Yeah. Why does this bird have wings and so yep. on? So I think that is super important. Yeah, yeah that's a very auspicious group. Yeah, but, but yeah, but no. So but you're among these people. <laughs> no, no, I am. I am not. But um, at least we've, we've recognised what what made them great. Yeah, uh, if we can emulate half of one percent of that um, in our own daily lives, then then that's we're on a good path. Hmm. And do you feel like there's a way to be more self aware? Because I feel like it's so difficult to like you know find out what you want to do, find out what you like, what you don't like. Is there any like things that helped you become more self aware? Um, so I mentioned that there are, there are different things you have at different times and you have different needs as your as your career develops. Mm. Um, I'll go back to starting with with string finders. 
um, because you'll get a report out in, in that that will they will tell you very much your personality trait and and, and things that you're good at and how you work and it will describe you in ways that you don't necessarily want to see yourself hmm. but it's true um, there is yeah, a uh, you got to accept that yeah. um, there is another uh, I would say I'd recommend for people maybe at least three years into their, their career to help their their assessment there's a, a another model called the DISC assessment which is D-I-S-C mm-hmm. and, I and what's that about? I can't recall what what the ASC stands for, but mm-hmm. really it's a it's a much more in depth um, assessment um, questionnaire where you actually answer hundreds and hundreds of questions, and they ask you the same question in different ways to make sure you're 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 being authentic in in your, your responses, um, and that profile report that I've seen on, on people has been the most accurate description of how people work, um, what their strengths are, what how they interact with other people it also identifies the pitfalls in their in their style and how that that can be interpreted by other people and so it's, so it's very much holding a mirror up that you may want to look in but when you look at that you go oh dear is that is that really me i and when i've i take it again i'm very self-aware so already so so i'll take it <laughs> I, i'll take it on board and I go oh yeah that's me i'll go straight to the bad things and say oh yeah, that, yeah that's me and then suddenly have to say, Brandon, go, but look at all the good things. Like, no, no, they don't, they don't matter. No, they do matter because they're, they're all part of who you are. Um, there are people who just see all the good things and will ignore the 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 areas for improvement or the areas to be aware of. But they're really important because it's, the areas you have to be aware of, it's how other people see you. And that's what matters. Um, so you can be self-aware and self-propelling and learning as, as you want. It's If you're not interacting correctly with other people, and aware of what they are looking for and what they're, and what they're seeing. Hmm. If you don't see what they see when they're looking at you, um, you're only seeing half the picture and, and you're not going to be as effective in, in your career or, or, in, the, or in, the, in the things that matter to you that you want to get done. No, yeah, absolutely. So that is, that's a good one to do. It does cost, I think, about 60 euros to do. But then but, it's, but it's, it's an it's, investment it's in yourself. You're going to find absolutely. out, you know, yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's an investment. Yeah, it's it's really worth doing. Now, I wouldn't yeah. do it straight out of college because you you need to have two or three years of yeah. work, ex- work experience mm-hmm. because it does tap into your work style mm-hmm. and ask you questions about how you normally behave in in certain situations and work. So you have to have some experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, before you yeah. before you do it, so to get the most value out of it. Um, but it does hold a mirror up, and and it's you know it's never too late to learn. Mm. Um, Interesting. I, yeah. I, I, I do love that stuff. <laughs> still, oh, me too. Still, me too. Still. Like, oh, I'm obsessed with that stuff. And the other question I have is, if there's, if you could display a single message, and this would be displayed on a billboard so every, millions and billions of people could see it, what would that message be? It may be a quote, uh, some sort of advice that you can I think, use, I've, I think I've given you a couple of quotes there already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, um, it'd have to be around, around positivity. Because that's, and the, the further I get into my career and the more I see what, what stumbles a lot of people um, people get trapped up trapped in negative thoughts and I'll go back to Margaret Thatcher's thought you know, if, you, if you start having negative thoughts that start impacting your deeds and your and your, and your habits um, suddenly that becomes, that becomes your character and you're a good person that, that's suddenly doing bad things mm. um, so, so maybe just be positive uh, would be my my, 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 my shining be positive yeah. I like that okay yeah, Brendan, thanks so much for coming on the show. I think we'll wrap it up now. 
really enjoyed the conversation and yeah thanks thanks again for coming on very good enjoyed being here too thank you very much you got some you had some hearty questions uh, thanks for that <laughs> oh and actually where can people reach out to you are you on social media linkedin oh not at all i'm invisible okay that, that's, <laughs> invisible. My, that, that's, that's my superpower okay. um no no actually um i use linkedin a lot mm. and um it's it's a great um tool for for um um for for networking and for giving people advice and careers and and there's 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 lots of attributes for linkedin job hunting networking um career career advice Hmm. um people use it for sales um channels and i hate that um but that's part of the price of 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 having free access to a free tool um so my linkedin profile is Brendan O'Dowd, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-O-D-O-W-D. Um, I don't know what the dot is there, but you, you'll find me. It's I'm, I'm in Dublin. I think I'm the only one. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm easily spotted there on LinkedIn. Yeah, great. Thanks, thanks again cool. for coming on. No, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think would benefit from it. You can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.ie. That is chasingpassion.e. Thank you for listening today and I hope you enjoyed the episode.